Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Saturday, February 6th, 2021, and it's the weekend update. But we have a special show for you today. We have Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets on to talk about Galaxy, his new project, and we talk about much more about his passions in the blockchain space, why Bitcoin, a little bit about basketball, and of course, his new project and Hedera Hashgraph. But let me get into those crypto prices really quick. Bitcoin is in at $40,384.91, up 6% from yesterday. Ethereum, $1,694.52, down 2% from yesterday. Litecoin, $158.31, up 2%. Chainlink, $25.63, down 2.8%. And XRP, $0.43.8, cents, up half a percent from yesterday. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency were at $1.216 trillion, up 4% from yesterday, with a BTC dominance of 61.8%. And now, without further ado, here is Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets. Ah, oh, man, thank you for having me. How you doing? Very good, man. Very good. Look, man, you are probably one of the biggest names in the NBA in blockchain and Bitcoin right now, man. I'm stoked to have you on. I just got to pick your brain just a little bit, man. Why are you interested in blockchain and Bitcoin? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I tell people all the time that the journey first started 2014. You know, I was told about Bitcoin. Didn't hop in. I was too scared. Um, had another conversation in 2017, pre-bull run. Uh, got into Bitcoin then. Rode the rise in the in the fall. Saw the the wealth creation, obviously. And so anybody that, you know, likes money and things like that kind of you know, had their eyes turned towards it. And, and that started kind of just an education curve and a growth process. And I've been in the space learning about it um, since then. So now, shoot, just under four years, uh, learn about the differences between Bitcoin, blockchain, uh, what, you know, the technology means versus, you know, what I'm saying trying to create a sound currency and, you know, peer to peer exchange and all that stuff. So that's how I got in four years later, been learning every day, still learning to this day. And yeah, now, now I'm here. Right on, man. But what is it? What is what is it about Bitcoin and blockchain? Look, I mean, you're doing well for yourself. There's a lot of people that are that are in, in it still, but they like the ethos, the what it means. What does it mean to you, I guess? Yeah, uh, I mean, to me, it means uh, like trust and transparency. I said number one. And then number two, it's about kind of the, the seamless flow of value. Uh, when you have that trust and transparency component, um, you, you know what you're moving, what it's worth. You know, it, it's something that you can't really lie to. I mean, obviously... You know, you can, I guess, 51 percent attack a network. Right. But but in theory, right, like the premise of blockchain is, is a very sound uh, trust, trustless trust um, kind of layer. And, you know, to, to be able to move value very easily, you know, as, as seamless as a text message and an email and all the, all those other things um, without without the friction of a wire transfer, all, the, all that other stuff. So that's really what it means to me. And, and then kind of applying it to, to my industry and, and breaking things down to, you know, their kind of fractionalized forms and and you know, having a verified value. Right on, man. I, I saw that you guys just launched the Galaxy website. It, it looks dope. Um, and it's an interesting concept. Can you just go through what is Galaxy and a little bit about the concept, please? 
Yeah, so I mean, Galaxy basically came from the term that the creator's galaxy, um, kind of a paradigm shift in, uh, you know, monetization or, or self-monetization rather. Um, so looking at creators uh, in, in all forms and facets, you see uh, Patreon, OnlyFans, uh, Cameo, Twitter, Instagram, all the, the socials. Um, obviously with us being athletes, then you have like memorabilia, you have uh, you know, jerseys, panini cards, blah, blah, et cetera, right? Um, and, and then when you look at sports contracts and entertainment contracts, um, now those will be on the security side. But, but once again, talking about all this value trapped in just kind of the entertainment industry built off uh, the intellectual mm-hmm. property of creators and, and the likeness and, and skill set of creators. And so how do you kind of create like a, a social super app in a sense that uh, houses all of these types of features? You know what I'm saying? So it's a kind of a one-stop shop for monetizing oneself. And uh, that's what Galaxy aims to be, like literally the creator's galaxy. Um, so, so all those features that, you know, you see that, that you're familiar with, whether it be kind of like that drop-in audio, like Clubhouse and, and all that other stuff, like we, we aim to kind of be that, that central hub um, in a sense that it's actually designed to be a decentralized but central hub for, uh, you know, <laughs> creators to be able to monetize themselves. Right. I was looking on there and it, it looked as though, I mean, get me if I'm wrong. I kind of want to know how this works a little bit, but it looks as though it's like somebody, uh, maybe a, a basketball star or even a movie star or any kind of creator or somebody with like some kind of following or name could get onto Galaxy and then use like these social tokens that you're making to buy either time with them or advice or, or some kind of like transaction, transacting the value that they created to try to pass that value to their fans or other creators. Is that how it works? And can you go into a little bit about how it works? Yeah. So, so there's different phases, right? Um, what we're talking about right now is kind of that utility subscription model. Um, yes. Where you're buying time, where you're buying, like I said, audio sessions, you can get advice, your FaceTime, you get instructions. Uh, DMs, you can just, you know, text back and forth and, you know, all, all those types of features that, you know, people are accustomed to or voting on big decisions. You know, I tease that with on uh, not GoDaddy on um, what's that? Uh, I can't remember. Was it Kickstarter where I did it? Where I tease like uh, fans uh, choosing my free agency decision and things like that and, and having a say and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I can't remember now. But but yeah, so all that stuff that applies to kind of having that fan engagement, having people involved. Um, in a utility slash uh, kind of subscription manner um, is kind of the first step, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, secondary step, you have the, the security. So you talk about sports contracts, again, something that, you know, I kind of tease with uh, doing the, the 10% uh, bond on my, on my contract previously uh, with the partners that I did that with. And then, you know, the, the next phase of that is kind of when tokens become dynamic and tradable and you get into kind of this uh, real entertainment trading, right? So, you know, you have like step ones, two, and three, and you kind of walk people through that, right, gradually. And um, what, what you're going to have is kind of this robust economy where, you know, these social tokens have true and sincere value, right? Because people want to, you know, maybe buy time, uh, buy advice. They might want to speculate on the future um, mm-hmm. of what that advice and time may be worth. You know, it, uh, to, to have a 30-minute time slot with LeBron might have been worth, uh, you know, $1,000 when he was 18. It might be worth a million dollars right now that he's mm-hmm. 36 and, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. So, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of just just stuff that, that you're going to be able to kind of see and do. And it's going to be a, a little bit of a paradigm shift uh, in a sense. And I can't give you the whole sauce, but, you know, that's uh, that's what we're working on and working towards. And and now that we're kind of on the doorstep of being able to launch, like, you know, I'm, I'm being a little bit more vocal about it. 
No, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So how much would uh, some time with Spencer? I'm giving this time for free, so I'm excited. But how much would time with Spencer cost? Oh, uh, man. See, see, we're going to see. So is it is it like a marketplace then? It's like, could the time be like one price one day and then like the next day, like go up like 10% and all of a sudden I, it costs a little bit more to spend time with you? Yeah. So remember when we talked about the phases, like to, to start, we're going to have these creator tokens kind of pegged to a dollar, right? So it's kind of seamless. People understand it's going to mm-hmm. be very kind of static in that sense. But as we continue to go through and, and we, you know, transfer from HCS to HTS and, you know, do different things within the Hashgraph system and, and uh, start turning on our dynamic token uh, modeling. Yeah, th- those things will be able to be uh, uh, traded and they will have value that will fluctuate and, and that opens up secondary market trading and, and speculation and uh, more true investing. Um, you know, we want to kind of walk people through the phases versus uh, maybe hitting everybody with everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have just that kind of ability to interact with your favorite influencer first, but we will get to um, that dynamic token model in, in short order. That'll, that'll be prior to the end of the year. So it's not anything that's uh, going to come you know, in 2023, like this is all 2021, we're going to see, you know, us kind of walk everybody through the phases. You mentioned something just a little bit ago. I want to go back just uh, just a tad because you mentioned and this was huge news when, when you when you were talking about it was the 10 percent bond on your contract. And, I, and that's just such an interesting idea, because look, NBA, NFL, all the all, all you players, all you athletes um, get these great contracts. Right. And we're like, man, how do how do you I understand how you. I guess I got one to figure out why would you want to put a 10% bond on your contract and how would like the person, like, for example, like me, maybe I got a, a couple bucks in my pocket. I'm like, yo, I want to buy a little bit of that. What, what does that look like in, in, in a relationship with, with the, the investor and your contract, maybe an upside to the investment on that bond? Yeah. So, I mean, really all of these are going to be able to be structured in, in different ways. Right. So depending upon who you are, the contract you have, the, the different features within your contract, whether it's bonuses, options, uh, triggers, non-guarantees or guarantees or exhibits or whatever, like the, the, the nuance within these, each investment is going to be its own the same way investing in, in Apple is different than investing in, you know, Amazon. Um, so, so very much like that with, with each uh, player contract um, with mine, the first one was always a teaser because we wanted to kind of continue to build and, and grow to, to this place. So it was just like a simple bond with that being said, obviously you attract people that like conservative investments you know, you want like a 4% coupon or whatever on your return. I mean, that's not something that the crypto community is going to love, but there's a lot of people out there that, that love, you know, returns like that, especially when, you know, government bonds had inverted and, you know, all that other stuff. And, you know, people were scraping 1% or et cetera, like 4% is four times that, you know what I mean? And, and then for the athlete, you look at uh, how you go about it. There, there's a cost of capital, right? So, you know, time value of money, all those things, like, you know, when, when you uh, talk about inflation and other things, like you lose, was it somewhere between like three and 6% a year? I think it is mm-hmm. when you talk about inflation. So technically speaking, you know, that $10 million that you have, you know, in 2021, and then there's another 10 million you have on your contract in 2022 is technically 6% less, right? So if you can access capital earlier, you can do different things and, and, and maximize value. Then, you know, if your structures are, are if your structures are, are, are flexible, then maybe you're doing an interest only type of a situation with, with various bullets, right? So now you're getting to kind of double up the capital, invest in a different manner. So, you know, if you have interest only payments, you might receive capital up front, 
pay out the interest rate, but you're also receiving your checks as well, right? And so, you know, it, it, it takes fiscally responsible people, but assuming you you have the right uh, FAs in your corner, financial advisors in your corner, it's pretty much a deal that you don't really want to pass up overall, because if they're worth their salt, then they can beat margins and they can have more capital to invest. And it's really a no brainer for all involved, you know, just depending upon how it's structured. Everybody wants to continue to, you know, worry about, hey, what happens to athletes that blow their money and, you know, blah, blah, and all this stuff. And, and, and that's, you know, part of like the the stigma and the view and all that stuff but the ethos for that has always been like how can we take their money stick it in bonds and stretch it out over 30 years and things like that but you find people still blowing through money i take the contrarian approach much like everything else i do in life why don't we teach these people and give finance education early why don't we Mm. say hey we're going to give you a chance to really make like life changing not just you know, money on the court, but like value creation overall and teach you how to leverage. You know what I'm saying? We're going to teach you how to, how to do this the same way Wall Street does, right? And we're seeing that with Reddit and GameStop and all that other stuff. People are just, you know, the little guys waking up to this stuff and you see Wall Street shorting GameStop because it's going out of business. And Reddit said, okay, you know what? We're going to flip it on his head. We know right. it's going out of business, but we don't care. We're going to take the, we're going to take the Wall Street bankers money and, you know, because we're going to uh, drive the stock price. So, very much so it's just kind of a contrarian approach to contracts and because of blockchain technology it allows for kind of a cheaper way of fractionalizing these things and also a cheaper way to get to secondary trading which uh if you were going the nasdaq route etc just wouldn't really be possible so there's two things that i heard with what you just said is one in about 10 years you're probably gonna own the nets so (laughs) (laughs) that's that's all i heard i was like this dude's buying the nets right there um and the, the the other thing the other thing I heard is one thing I don't think anybody thought about is like when you when you do have these contracts and they go on for maybe two years, six years, 10 years, you know, these long contracts, you're making less money every year yeah. that you have that contract sitting there. And I, that never even crossed my mind that they're just kind of like holding that. And then that's just less every year, especially especially this year, man, when you were talking about I mean, you said six percent inflation this year, we're talking about five, seven, eight percent. There you go. And so you got to remember, like the reason the the team owners, right, pay out in the manner that they do is because they're making interest, they're investing the money. Like if it was a, a situation where it wasn't beneficial to them, they wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the way this mm-hmm. thing works. But you also have to start to understand capital the way that they do, right? So, hey, if I can extract capital or extract liquidity out of a typically illiquid asset, like, and because mm-hmm. of who I am as an accredited investor and with the way the laws work, I have access to deal flow that, you know, normal people can't have. So for normal people, 4% might be cool. And I can say, hey, look, take the 4% on my contract, especially if it's interest only. But now when I accrue this value early, I can get into a, you know, and I, this, this is a bad example, right? But because of the Uber IPO didn't do great, but just because on the top of my mind, an Uber IPO, you know what I mean? Or I can invest in, you know, Dapper Lab. Coinbase IPO. Coinbase IPO. There you go. Like you're going to be able to get into all these different things, whether it be relationships or whatever, because you're a credit investor. And now you have extra capital to play with, you know, and, and once again, Full disclaimer, like have a good team of people around you. I'm not saying make all these decisions on your own. Definitely don't do that. But provide that you do have a good team, which is the goal of everybody, right? Even if you just had a normal NBA contract and wasn't doing anything fun, you would want good financial advisor, good sound advice. Well, have them explain to you cost of capital. Have them explain to you inflation. Have them explain to you time value of money. You know what I mean? And, and the ability to get money up front and interest only payments and the ability to you know double up and, and, and beat the spread. And if they, if they sit there and tell you that, you know, they can't do it or, you know, it doesn't make any sense or whatever, then they're probably not good, you know, at what they do. You know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, because let's be real here, the more money they have under management, the more money they make, they should mm-hmm. be able to do this too. You know, because if they're 
managing 20 million of your dollars versus 12 million of your dollars and they charge you 1%, it's a no brainer. Like all incentives are aligned in this situation. So that's why it's a situation where like, I feel very bullish on its prospects because we have a chance to help the fans, right? Typically non-accredited investors make, you know, a, a couple points that they may not have normally made, you know, mm-hmm. and in a safe manner, they get to speculate, have fun on their favorite player. The, the athlete himself gets a chance to have massive wealth creation. And even the financial advisors or the people on the team that typically would steer you away because their incentives aren't aligned, well, they're aligned too because now they can make more money. They're now getting 1% on 20 minutes instead of 10 or 12. I originally came in with a five to seven minute conversation, but now I have like a couple more questions. And I apologize, man, if, if, yeah, if you're no, if this taking up too much of your time, man, I apologize. But when you mentioned the owners, the owners are making money off of the contracts too, you know, because they're thinking about like, oh, you know, I got this asset right here, which is sure. the this brand, this player, this, you know, this extended contract that again, man, I'm not in the, I'm not in the game. I don't know these things. So it's like, it's like, I didn't think about that. Is there a conflict now be- between the owners and the players? For example, somebody like you that's trying to, that's figuring out ways to capitalize off this contract that they have. And they're like, oh, 10 percent bond, you know, off, off this contract. Uh, uh, is there a conflict between the owners and the players? And, and, and they're like, they're like, wait a minute, you, you can't be smarter than me now. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the, the, the conflict comes from just kind of like the, the control aspect of things. I, I think the old guard always wants to, you know, maintain status quo because it's comfortable right but i think the more they're warming up to it you look at nba top shot and other things the nba is one of the most progressive leagues in the world i think they're starting to really say like okay like we get where you're going with this we get where the the broader crypto space blockchain space is going with this um and we understand it's something to innovate with not try to block because once again it's impossible to block like they could block spencer right in theory but they, they're not going to block Dapper Labs and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On right, and so, right. Forth. so, you know, with them being one of the most innovative leagues, I, I see them as a phenomenal partner. I mean, I'm blessed to be able to, you know, talk to and communicate with Adam Silver, um, who, who's been receptive. Teams start to fractionalize ownerships and involve uh, fans because, you know, this is the entertainment industry. I don't care what anybody says. You know, we might be, you know, a little more pure than a movie, right? Because we're going out there, blood, sweat, and tears. But at the end of the day, the premise of the entertainment industry is if the fans pay their money, we have a job. If they don't, then we don't. You know what I mean? And, and the leagues right. that they watch less get paid less and the leagues they watch more get paid more. So as long as the fans are happy, you know, there, there's no reason for the NBA to really be that upset. Have you ever talked to like the, some of these more progressive um, uh, owners like um, Q, uh, like Cuban or, or Chamath or anybody? Um, not, not really in person. I know that uh, some of the progressive owners do, uh, know about what I did and kind of have an eye out on what I'm doing. I think, you know, it, it gets it gets sticky because even though I'm an uh, entrepreneur on the side, if I was to really be talking to them, there would be tampering and then, you know, yeah, yeah, be yeah. the whole thing. So, um, but but I do know that, like, you know, they, they know of what I'm doing. Right on. Last question, and this is going way back to something you said about five minutes ago already, is is you said Hashgraph and Hedera. You got, I, I just had them on the show. Uh, Hedera Hashgraph, you guys are doing a hackathon with them. I, are you building on the network as well? Can you tell me a little bit about that partnership? Yeah, no, so Hedera's been great partners for us. Um, you know, I had to pitch their council to, to get awarded a grant. Um, you know, shout out Jordan Freed and, and Azeem and, you know, helping, helping out with, with that process. And you know, I, I mean, we wanted to build Galaxy on, on something that had high throughput, um, kind of try to uh, future-proof this situation and, and, and the app itself. Um, you know, with that being said, obviously, they're, they're the best tech, in my opinion, out there. Hashgraph technically not being blockchain, but, you know, being a distributed ledger technology, the only one that can, 
you know, reach asynchronous byzantine fault tolerance and, you know, pretty much have 100% finality, um, ability to scale with sharding, you know, just high transaction per second, everything. Um, we initially built with the consensus service and are transferring to the token service or HTS to HTS. I mean, they're, they're just, they've just been perfect partners so far. It's, you know, it's been a match made in heaven and we're continuing to kind of push the envelope and, and trying to take this thing as far as it can go. I mean, you look at their council, they have Fortune 500 companies, you know, on the, on their council. And so to be mentioned with them and, and to be kind of approved by them uh, has been wonderful for us. Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets, man. Thank you for letting me bend your ear for 20 minutes so far, even though we're going to only do five minutes. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> no problem, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. It helps us stay visible. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.